Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back in 1985, tears for fears at a time in which the Edmonton Oilers were ruling the world, at least the NHL world. Second of uh, back-to-back uh, Stanley Cup championships for the 85 Oilers, a team that would be later voted the best in NHL history by the fans, even though I personally think the 87 team was better. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, this is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. Brendan, I always kind of... Tears for Fears and Simple Minds? I don't know what it is. I always kind of got, I used to get those two bands mixed up back in the day. And, uh, you know, Tears had, they had a couple of pretty big hits, and so did uh, Simple Minds. And that is kind of a, uh, and, and the reason why that's interesting is do you know who was married to the lead singer of uh, Simple Minds, Jim Kerr, for a while? She, too, was a prominent uh, singer, part of a uh, band, Chrissy Hines. Oh, it is. I was going to guess her, the Pretenders. Right. right? And, and she was no pretender because also on this date in 1989, at a Greenpeace Rainbow Warrior press conference, vegetarian Chrissy Hines claimed that she once firebombed a McDonald's restaurant. Uh, the following day, McDonald's in Milton Keynes, England, was firebombed, and Hind was threatened with legal action. I mean, that is, uh, you know, sometimes you worry about people that are prepared to go down that path. Uh, you ever have any run-ins with some people that maybe didn't think quite the way you did? I know when I was, Brendan, when I was at the U of A uh, back in the late 1980s, I, as many of you know that listen to the show, and most of you would say we talk about it too much, but I, I planted trees for a number of years, and we were in working for Procter & Gamble in 1988 up near the Wapiti River in Grand Prairie. So anyways, I we, we start school back in September, and I was in uh, the Central Academic Building, which is where a lot of business classes were at that time. And I happened to be wearing a suit that day because I was doing some freelance work for one of the television stations in town. And uh, this dude has a sign, and he was a, uh, you know, a guy that was concerned about the environment, this fella. And uh, he he sees me in a suit, and he's like, I see that, he goes, this is the water from the Wapiti River. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, have you been to the Wapiti River? And he, he was in shock that I asked him that, and I go, because I have, because I planted trees 
all spring and summer there up there at Grand Prairie. And he goes, eh, you're not a tree planter. And then I showed him that my hands were all cut up and busted up and everything and still hadn't healed from, you know, finishing up around August of 15th. And he flung the water at me. And I kind of looked at him, and he was about 60 pounds lighter. And this is before I got really fat. Like, I only had one chin at the time. He was obviously very committed to his cause. And uh, anyways, it's just, I bring that up because there are some people out there that, yeah, yeah. wow. We talk more about the toy department of life stuff on this show. And you know what? You don't have to listen to the world of Bob. If you disagree, you disagree. That's kind of how it works. It's okay. Uh, The Oilers had a, I think it's fair to say they had a pretty good season. Um, I, I you know, it's a little bit frustrating. Today in The Athletic, how do you pronounce the guy's name? Is it Lucician? Dom Lucician? Is that how we're got a Toronto that he's a heavy analytics-based writer? No, there's a guy that I often find myself disagreeing with, if I'm being totally transparent. But yeah. yeah, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. So he did a piece today saying that the Vegas Golden Knights have the highest PDO, which is a combined even strength, five-on-five shooting percentage with an even strength save percentage of any... Uh, potential, uh, you know, like um, they would finish the highest of any team in NHL history in the playoffs, which, or certainly over the last couple of decades since they started to do this kind of thing. In other words, a lot of people associate the word PDO with luck, and Vegas has had a lot of luck. And I'm going to suggest you on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, Ashley Fine Floors, get the new floors you've always wanted, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more information. Brendan, we're going to game three tonight. Vegas is just better than Florida. It's not luck. But in the process, as we host a show called Oilers Now, does it just make it more bitter for fans in oil country to realize... You know what? Edmonton was right there and outshot Vegas 75-53 to in the final two games of the series, and Vegas won them both. And and the Oilers had mistakes and made mistakes, and, you know, I, I bet you if Darnell Nurse could have done it all over again, he wouldn't have taken the, you know, gone after uh, Nicholas Haig in the final minute of the third period up 4-1 in a game, 4 uh, um, Leon Dreisaitl will tell you, Cody Cece and Darnell, they needed to be, play better at times, 5v5. Stu Skinner would say, hey, man, i got to make more stops. And there's lots to be evaluated. But I, I, I'd like to know, and you can text us on the Ashley Pine Flores text line, there is a degree of luck in hockey, especially in the major four professional sports. I think we know it exists. And if you don't, I'm not saying that it decides the series, but I am saying that there are windows and mechanisms that luck plays enough of a factor it can tilt a series. And does it make it worse or better as an Oilers fan, knowing that the Vegas Golden Knights are two games removed from winning the Stanley Cup? Because they're going to win. Florida's not going to come back and beat them in the series. Vegas is winning the series. So text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. So now, Brendan, I pose the question to you. In your opinion, does it just cheese you off even more that Vegas is two games? And then we read a story from Lucision on the Athletics saying they're the luckiest team that we've seen five-on-five in playoff history, given uh, their combined shooting. They're shooting the lights out five-on-five. Absolutely shooting the lights out five-on-five. Or, and we're not even getting into, Brendan, we're not even getting into the fact that, you know, geez, they had Mark Stone on LTIR and he suddenly got healthy in time for game one of the, the that, that's, you know what, 
all that, you ain't cheating if you ain't, what's the old saying, you ain't trying if you ain't cheating, or you ain't cheating if you ain't, right? The, the bottom line is Vegas is a relentless organization. Kelly McCrimmon, we're going to talk about this with Cam Moon, who's going to join us for an hour. Kelly was a stone-cold killer when he was in the Western Hockey League. Everybody knew that. I personally told a family that purchased a WHL team, do not trade with the Brandon Wakings. You're losing the trade. Hang up the phone when Kelly calls. So throw that out the window on Stone. They've just been really damn lucky. Their goalies have stopped the puck, and they've scored a bunch. And they've had a stretch that's gone through. This isn't just the... This has been from the start dating back to Winnipeg through the six games of the Oilers series, I think a strong argument can be made. Edmonton gave them the best series. The Oilers took it to Vegas and the two wins that Edmonton won. And frankly, probably, I mean, the Oilers at one time or another had the lead in all six games of that series. So does it make it harder? Does it make it worse? Does it, you know, or conversely, do you sit there and look at it and go, geez, when you factor in the luck factor here, you know, maybe they're a team of destiny. They're supposed to win this thing. Maybe it sheds some light that Edmonton's not as far away as... I actually, and I'll say this right now. Brendan, I think it's going to be harder for Edmonton to win next year than it would have been to have won this year. Because I know what That's Chris, what makes it hard to me. Could, knowing that Colorado bowed out in the first round under auspicious circumstances, I don't suspect that to happen again. And I don't know how you could rely on it. I saw some odds for next year's Stanley Cup uh, come through my email, and, and Colorado is ahead of Edmonton, and the only Western team, might I add, ahead of Edmonton, but they are there. So, uh, you know, you think about what Boston was able to accomplish. They were, they were out of the way. I, I think as a hockey fan, what disappoints me, Bob, is that the quality of hockey... Uh, I, I think was, you know, maybe it's most exciting in that series in the second round. So now here we are in the Stanley Cup final. And Never I had could, an overtime it, game in, the, in, the, in that series. There were three overtimes in game one against L.A. who are going to get better, too. So, I mean, I, I would, I, I think that series decided the Stanley Cup. I think Edmonton would have won the Stanley Cup if they beat, based on what we've seen yes. the rest of the way. What does it say about the East? Like, 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 Syrah. Well, they got steamrolled by a team that peaked at the wrong time. They peaked too early. Florida did. They they were a victim of their own circumstance that they created by doing away with these teams in such short order. You can't have a ten day layoff at the height of your emotional and and physical, you know, uh, crescendo, if you will, and then expect to be able to just turn that back on against probably the team in the league who was most destined to win the Stanley Cup this year anyway. Yeah, uh, Tyler has already texted us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. He says it's way worse knowing it was this close and they've had a, uh, a degree of luck. I mean, just if you look at Florida, they beat Boston. Uh, it, what, what was it? Game five. It's the end of the third period. Marshawn gets a breakaway and Barofsky stops him. If Marshawn scores there, Florida's out of the series in five games. Boston's through into round two. Boston ended up losing game five and game seven in overtime in that series. Uh, they, so... Right, so you, and, and then you look at the Maple Leaf series, and Toronto was damn lucky to have won the three games. Toronto played better last year losing to Tampa Bay than they did this year beating Tampa Bay. Like They, they probably shouldn't have won any of the three games that were played in Tampa Bay, but they did. And I don't know what happened to that Leaf squad, but Florida went in there, and well, I know exactly what happened. Florida leaned on them. What can't you do against Vegas? What can Vegas do? They can hit you back. 
Vegas has got a big, physical, tough team, too. They can push you around. I mean, they've got an entire line that can do that. So, you know, Florida took care of business. Carolina was injured. They weren't that good. You know, you take, you take, let's face it, you're looking at a uh, Carolina squad that really didn't have Max Patch ready the entire season. He was a free player gifted to them by the Vegas Golden Knights. Then they lose Fetchnikov, a 40-goal scorer, uh, and then Turvinen's coming off of an injury. They weren't as deep. I mean, they were relying on Jordan Martinuk's line basically to help create some offense, help to get them through the second round of the playoffs. And then Florida played that, and Carolina's not a physical team. Then Florida runs up against Vegas, and what can Vegas do? What did Mike Tyson once say? Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face, and Vegas can punch you in the face. The Oilers should have been capable of swinging back. They should have. Ultimately, Vegas got, you know, through a confluence of events. Game one, Drysaddle scores four goals. Probably enough to win the game. They didn't. Game two, the Oilers crushed the Golden Knights. Game three, Edmonton had a poor performance at game at home. Game four, the Oilers took it to Vegas again, jumped all over them. They had the lead in game five and in game six. Got to find a way to win those games. So does it make it better or worse, especially when you re- – I didn't even think – I didn't – to be honest with you, Brendan, I thought of the, the turning points in games five and game six, the shot totals, and said, okay, you know what, maybe it's a little bit of luck and a bounce at the right time. And, you know, game five, you take a look, the orders are up 2-1 in the game. Uh, they Just the backside official, Steve Kazari, and I'm not – the orders earned the other six penalties they took in that game. But – the ref right next to Broberg and Eichel doesn't make the call, but the backside official Steve Kazari, as he's known to do, uh, wants to be part of the show of the game, and he puts Broberg in the box, and then Janmark takes the penalty, and it completely flipped the script in the uh, the script in the game, and the Oilers lose four three, and then Aiden Hill stole game six. So the, is it, you know, you could say, is it what it could have, should have? This show's called Oilers now. The reality of the situation is, I, I'm i wondering, I mean, I think most fans, and we'll get to the Ashley Fine Floors text line momentarily here, I think most fans would say, missed opportunity for Edmonton. Cam Moon, John Shannon for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for gear. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Uh, again, you can uh, text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line and reach us on the River Creek Resort Casino hotline. Don't miss Billy Currington live at the River Creek Saturday, July 8th. Get your tickets now at rivercreekresort.com. We'll come back with some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line and get into the Oilers Now Audio Vault and NHL Today for Elite promotional marketing. It's 1220 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. All right. Uh, Craig has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 1223. He says, Bob, the Oilers should have beaten Vegas. You guys are right. This was the year to get to the Stanley Cup. People said that right from the start of the season. Everybody thought the East was unbeatable with the Bruins, the Leafs, the Hurricanes, Tampa, etc. Luck prevailed, and it was not on our side. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, the Oilers had a five-minute power play to tie it in game number Number five, and they only managed one goal. That's your series turning point. The Stanley Cup was within reach this season, but not enough Oilers played like they wanted it. That one comes to us from Coach Mike. What's crazy is the Oilers went three for four in the power play in that game, right? The other two two minute power plays they had, they scored on, uh, and technically they went one for two in the five minute advantage because on a five minute power play, you cannot go perfect. Um, 
Bob, I said it uh, when Game 1 started in Vegas. The winner in this series would go on to win the Stanley Cup. I'm not surprised we're here, but it is a bitter pill to swallow. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Isaac uh, says, Bob, just admit the Golden Knights are a better team than the Edmonton Oilers. That one comes to us from Isaac. Well, the Golden Knights finished two points ahead of Edmonton in the regular season, and they beat the Oilers in a best-of-seven in the playoffs. They're better. They were better. But when you're talking a six- or seven-game series, it's different than when you get beaten four or five. Like, if you get beat in four or five games, you, like, you know what? When the Oilers beat the Flames last year in, uh, in five games, face it, 90% of you listening to the show right now loved it. But you know what else happened in that series? Edmonton kicked Calgary's ass for the back half of that series. That's what happened. And, well, you know, you all rejoiced in it. Now, if that had gone six or seven, but when you win in five, like even the year, like the Oilers got swept by Winnipeg in four straight games and lost three in overtime. It was closer than maybe people think, but they got beat. There's no question about it. Once you get to six or seven, that can go either way. Uh, We'll save the Oilers Now Audio Vault for a little bit later on. We go to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com, and here's Brendan Escott. Okay, well, if you don't know by now, we are carrying the Stanley Cup final here on 6.30, Chad, so you will hear Game 3 unfold tonight just after 6 o'clock. Live from South Florida, the Panthers trying to find some life in this series. They've dropped the first two games, and no, it has not been close. Um, Otherwise, it's just kind of rumors season. Top prospect Adam Fantilli undecided on staying at Michigan. I uh, imagine that'll be determined on where he's drafted. Alex DeBrinket has uh, submitted his preferred trade list to the Senators. They're obviously looking at options right now, as are the Winnipeg Jets uh, trying to find trade partners for Pierre-Luc Dubois, maybe Mark Scheifele, Connor Hellebuck we've heard a lot about as well. Uh, Stars general manager Jim Nell addressing some injuries here in the postseason. Evgeny Dodon had an MCL issue, Yanni Hockenpah, a knee problem of his own that's going to require a pretty extensive surgery by the sounds of it. Yeah, uh, okay, a couple things. Uh, let's start with Dubois. Does anybody else out there think this guy's a little bit overrated? Like, it's great you have a high opinion of yourself, <laughs> you know? I don't know about you, Brendan, but... I agree with you, and here's what I wonder, is once he... Because it seems like he's trying to wiggle his way into this Montreal Canadiens roster. It's been trending that way for a while, perhaps. At least that's where the rumors have been directed at. And what happens for him if that doesn't work? Because it didn't work in Columbus, and it didn't work in Winnipeg. Yeah. Then what? I don't know. And I'll tell you right now, if I was Montreal, I would not trade Kirby Doc for him. He got Kirby Doc at like $3.5 million for three more years. He's 22. And I think he can be a part of what the Canadians have going there. So I find Dubois interesting. To bring it's a little bit different situation. I didn't. I, I guess it worked for Kyle Davidson because he ended up ultimately getting Connor Bedard. But moving out Brandon Hagel and Alex to and then Doc. I mean, are you, I mean, you're all three of those guys and to bring it going Ottawa. Now, some people think, what about to bring it to Philadelphia, possibly for Carter Hart? Uh, is that what Philly... If you're reading between the lines of Philly, it kind of looks like they're cashing their chips and they're going down the path of Chicago. Ed Snyder would be turning over in his grave if he knew that was going on, right? Um, 
So that's because they fought the good fight right till the bitter end, which is not to say that's necessarily the right course of action. There are times, like I used to have this conversation with a guy named Daily Doug, and he was like, Bob, the orders are going to get nowhere trying to, you know, have Ryan Smith as their best player and fight like hell to get in eighth place. He said that for about three years, and then the Oilers got to the Stanley Cup final out of eighth place and damn near won the thing. But there ended up being repercussions after that year. And so, um, you know what? I can see Philadelphia going full-blown bail here for the next couple seasons. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Mooner coming up next. Cam Moon on the Oilers radio network. This is Oilers Now.